Anthony, do you like do you like my new shirt? Sure, man. It's cool. It could have been better. What was that? I said it could have been better. You want to fight about yeah, it? Yeah, I do. Let's go, chump. <laughs> Hold on a second. We don't need to fight. We don't? All you need to do is go to 86.com and choose from one of their many designs. Franchises range from Skullgirls to Street Fighter and even Blaze Blue. And if you check out 86 through this Twitch channel, use 86.com slash question mark AFF equals four to let them know that Mission Star Podcast sent you. My name is Anthony, to be honest, and if you're watching this video, that means that we did not come together to do our podcast. Uh, our schedule's still on the lineup, so and so here's what I propose to do, is that if we can't come together to do a podcast, I suggest uh, to the group, and I'm pretty sure they're in agreement, that we'll do our separate um, recorded versions of, here's my thoughts on, on the story, um, without uh, anybody else debating on it, and... Just kind of put it out there to the world and to the world of social media. So with that, you know, we're going to do it. We're going to see how that works. And uh, yeah, just in, just in case, uh, you know, we can't come together to do a podcast. So um, for me, there's definitely, there's a lot of big news that happened this past week. And there's definitely things I really wanted to talk about, um, especially in the light of what's been happening with Blizzard. Um, and it's with the PS5 details being uh, announced and so on. So First topic, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, the first thing I'm going to talk about is going to be about Blizzard in China. So, here's the thing. So, as for for those for those of you who don't know, the entire saga what has been happening with Blizzard, and I'll bring up the article here up. Uh, this is a little briefer. This is from IGN.com, written by Jordan Cierney. Uh, the Blizzard China controversy and why hashtag boycott Blizzard is trending explained. Blizzard has found itself under international criticism over imposing a 12-month ban on a professional Hearthstone player, NGY Blitzchung Chung, for vocalizing his support of Hong Kong's liberation movement. Hashtag Boycott Blizzard is trending on Twitter, which countless community members, pro players, industry professionals, and lawmakers have voiced their displeasure and disgust with Blizzard's decision. But how did it begin? Well... The Hong Kong-China conflict. Before diving into the controversy, it's important to understand Chung's motivation, what requires a brief explanation of the current Hong Kong protest. As written by IGN's Matt Kim, Hong Kong is currently in the midst of a public protest that began earlier this year when the local government announced plans to enact laws that would allow China to extradite citizens from Hong Kong for judiciary re- reasons. Hong Kong citizens protested the laws, and while the city government has backed uh, has uh, backed down from plans to enact them, the movement has grown as it calls for a liberation intensified. And it's, it's of course incredibly difficult to quickly it's, and uh, and to, to sum up the intricacies of the conflict. But it's important to have a broad understanding of it before diving into Blizzard's place in all of it. Um, then falls into. Uh, the uh, tournament that was held by uh, Hearthstone by uh, by Blizzard 
uh, in regards to what they were uh, doing. And so in a in a uh, uh, in a in a stream that was being in Taiwan in regards to the Hearthstone tournament, the Grandmasters, uh, there was a player uh, Blitz, as we talked about earlier, um, where he uh, was. Uh, interviewed after his his win his uh his his match he won the tournament. The commentators would interview uh, the uh, the player and get his thoughts on uh, on you know what he about the match, what he did, and yada yada. So he comes on. He as he appears, he's in his room. It's over the internet. He, he has a mask, gas mask on, um, and he says, uh, you know, free Hong Kong, and. Um, this, the mask represented the, uh, the, the movement, uh, that is being uh, held in Hong Kong. And that is, this, that is the thing that they, they wear, uh, as a symbol or as, as a way to, uh, cause it was a, it was a law banning, uh, gas masks. So then people start wearing them to, uh, to go against it in China. So then he does his thing. He talks about it. And the minute the, the commentators kind of realized what was going on, they literally, uh, like, Put their heads down, trying to avoid the camera and realizing the situation. Uh, and when that happened, a day or two later, Blizzard bans uh, Blitz from Hearthstone and the Grandmasters for a year and takes away all their all his winnings that he won that tournament. Um, so then, you know, this caused a huge outcry within the game community um, and just. The, the 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 effects of what Blizzard has done, and uh, many have linked this to them bending to the rules of China, uh, and that China uh, told them, or you know, basically saying you can't do that. You know, you know, basically you 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 can't do that. You know, especially in these uh, in these times when they're dealing with the situation in China with Hong Kong, and the thing about it is that um, Blizzard said nothing. Like, they literally said nothing for the, for the past week until Friday where they made the actual statement regarding the whole situation, which was a P, which was a uh, carefully crafted PR uh, uh, PR statement that they, 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 they did, um, which says that, no, China didn't influence us. Um, like, he just violated the rules, which basically comes down to what we're trying to say. And we, we hold our core values still. Um, but... After everything has happened, after they banned the player, um, many outcry from not only the gaming community, um, but you have actual uh, senators and actual people within the gov- our government uh, calling out Blizzard on both ends. You had Ted Cruz from the Republican Party and you had uh, Cortez from the Democrat Party both saying to Blizzard, you know, hey, we do not like the fact that you are bending the at China for somebody to speak in their mind. And on top of that, let's not forget, like on top of that, this was happening at the same time the NBA is also going through their uh, troubles with China right now as well um, for comments uh, that a, a, a manager from um, the Houston Rockets saying he's in support of China. And China also got upset. And then the NBA was also apologizing, you know, basically to China saying like, hey, you know, he does not represent our our views. It, it got to the point where Adam Silver, the the, uh, the the boss of the NBA, came out and said, "Hey, um, we respect everybody's decision to 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 say what they want." Um, and at the same time, he was also kind of saying, "Like, well, we also kind of have to abide to international laws as well." 
So there was there already was already a pretty uh, tense uh, uh, tense relationship already as is as of right now between China and the U.S. when it comes to the NBA and Blizzard. Um, tying us back into Blizzard, uh, this entire entire week there was a, a series of events that happened. Um, what the a few days later, I believe the tournament heart, uh, for Hearthstone for uh, another online uh, tournament, which showcased this is more of a, of a college. Um, uh, a college scene or a college uh, circuit, and one of the uh, universities was the AU American American. I want to say American University, but that's the AU is the um, is the, uh, the 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 acronym uh, for the college. Uh, but when they uh, were on stream, uh, or when they're playing the match, one of them held held up, a, held up a sign saying, you know, hashtag Free Hong Kong um, and boycott Blizzard. Which you know the 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 stream cut away to just the other uh, the other comp- uh, competitors, uh, so they won't see that, um, you know. And while they were also punished, but not as severely as Blitz, um, they decided that uh, hey, we're we're going to still forfeit the match because we do not like the the, the what Blizzard is doing with China and what 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 happened to Blitz essentially, and they. They essentially, you know, said, thanks, but no thanks, Blizzard. <laughs> like, you give us the win, um, but for, or you, you give us, you know, you suspend, you might punish us for a little bit, but we're just going to take this opportunity to basically protest in front of you. Or, like, just, you know, hey, we're, we're doing this uh, for the grander scope of things than what is happening right now in the in the circuit. So, they did that, which is an awesome move by them, a, a power move uh, for some who, who said that. Um... But yeah, like things then escalated because not only did this entire event happened and a lot of backlash from a lot of people around the world uh, and especially in the U.S., um, this was leading up to uh, BlizzCon, which is, as the time of this recording, is two weeks away from happening. And uh, I can guarantee you because one of the big things that Blizzard that pe- that's often looked at is uh, people have signs. They bring every time to whatever it be the StarCraft uh, tournament, to the Hearthstone tournament, to every tournament. They have cameras all over the place where they look at uh, people with signs or people holding up something or interviewing people. Like it is the worst possible time at this moment for Blizzard to have a convention where people are going to come uh, and talk about or speak about whatever. People already mad from last year's uh, BlizzCon. Now you got more justified anger coming to this year's BlizzCon. Um, and while, again, they did make it a statement regarding the whole situation, I don't think that's going to carry weight. I think that you're going to get a good amount of people still going to be protesting at BlizzCon, if not bring more signs into the whole entire thing. And it's going to be um, a shit show, essentially, is what, I'm, what it's going to come down to <laughs> when it comes to that. Um, so that's going to be happening pretty soon. I mean, I mean all of this... Uh, another update to the situation was that, uh, so after a while, after a few days, uh, the backlash saying nothing, um, they did make a statement, uh, but they also, uh, said like, we're going to only suspend Blitz for half a year, get back his winnings, um, and, you know, again, our core values are the same, like, we you know, we respect for everybody and yada yada, um, to which the interesting Wrinkle on all this, and it's on two fronts. Um, was um, before I get the to get to Blitz, what he's responding, his response, his statement is that 
there was also internal struggle. Like there were people within the Blizzard company, devs, who were pissed at Blizzard for what they did to Blitz and what essentially what they're doing with uh, with China. Um, and for those, and I, I should have said this in the, in the beginning of the story. I'm, I'm saying, but uh, the uh, Blizzard is owned uh, five or five percent uh, of Blizzard is owned by China, ten cents, uh, or depart or investor. Um, all right. And uh, they are, you know, essentially partially owning Blizzard. So, you know, when this all happened, it was basically them just uh, basically, sh- uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I want to say, say pulling pull a muscle, but like uh, stretching, stretching their muscle, or basically power moving. Basically telling Blizzard, to, hey, we're not, we're, not, uh, we're not liking this. Please do something about that. And obviously, there's a lot of implications, and like this is not officially that that was what happened. But from a lot of people, like it's from the outset, this is what it looks like. It looks like Blizzard um, was saying, "Yes, sir, give me more," um, and saying that China did have an influence on their decision to ban Blitz uh, and to do what they did. Fast forward. Blitz gets his winnings back. He's only suspended for half a year. Um, and he uh, made a statement regarding all this. And he basically said that he's very thankful to Blizzard for giving him back his uh, his winnings. Uh, he is uh, wishing that he could come back sooner and not the six-month ban. Um, he played it safe. He, he then said, like, I don't want to talk about, you know... The the, the 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 incident or the what's happening with Hong Kong right now because I'm not I, if I try to I would be uninformed and it'd be um I mean to me par- paraphrasing uh it'll be, I feel would feel uh, dumb or stupid for for not being more informed so I can talk about it and kind of that's what his position is and he you know he said like hey don't harass the devs like if you don't like the game then you know that's fine um. You know, don't boycott uh, Blizzard, and kind of taking it much more of a, I'm going to take the money, I'm going to go ahead and play it safe, and I'm going to walk away and let everybody decide. And people were mad. People were really mad at Blitz because people believed that they wanted Blitz to be like this, um, this person that would you know still go after Blizzard and you know not take the money and like be. This, this person for the cause. Um, and, you know, for him, like, he doesn't want to be a part of that. He has, he's obviously showing support for Hong Kong, but does not want to take part of it. And I think that it's interesting to me regarding that is that he, he did what he did and he can walk away because what that one thing he did, where he uh, showed his support for Hong Kong on that interview, he inadvertently exposed Blizzard for what they're doing. He caused a lot of backlash from a lot of fans, getting the attention of not only the gaming community, but now you got the mainstream media, Forbes, MB, uh, you got Forbes, NBC, you got uh, NPR, you got multiple other big mainstream outlets covering the story. On top of what's happened to NBA, on top of other companies now in the woodwork are starting to, um, people are starting to realize, like, wait, China has a lot of hands on a lot of things. 
Let's we forget Tencent has a lot of money in a lot of things in the U.S. that people don't realize. They are involved in many things. Music, movies, games, sports. Like they have their hands on a lot of things. And it's only now we're, going to, we're seeing the repercussions of what if they wanted to flex that arm and say, hey, we don't like this. Change it. And be, that we're seeing that right now, especially with Blizzard. So, Blitz did what he did. Like, he, he went and actually went ahead and exposed Blizzard at the same time, opening up this, this wide gamut, this, um, you know, opening up many people to question Blizzard, not only from the gaming side, the community, again, with the mainstream media, but politicians, not to mention the devs inside Blizzard. I believe I saw a tweet where the former dev who made uh, WoW decided to unsubscribe because uh, uh, to the well uh, game because he didn't he didn't believe or he did not like what blizzard was doing um when the events happened when uh, blizz was banned uh some of the devs actually went to the front of the statue uh at blizz hq where it says the core values on in stone and covered them up because like at the time blizzard when they when they did this and they i still believe they, they still don't um, they didn't believe in their in their uh, in their core values, you know that you know they're open to everybody and that they're a freedom of express freedom of, of expression, you know, accepting of all genders of all colors, like pretty much all of that. But they did not, they they did not, um, they didn't they didn't do that in, in everybody's mind. Um, and again, they made the statement. That said that, you know, no, we're not influenced by China. No, we're, we're here for our core values. I Honestly, I don't believe them. I, I don't, I, I believe many people won't believe them either. I don't know what it will take for them to, to say like, hey, believe us now. Or people to believe them to say like they're changing for the better. I don't know. Blizzard has been going downhill for quite some time. People have been uh, leaving the games that they've been putting out. Um, while they have been successful, there has been uh, like one or two that has not done uh, as well. Here's the Storm is one of them. Um, so Blizzard at this time is bracing themselves for BlizzCon. Bracing themselves for what could possibly happen. I can guarantee you there will be some sort of protest at this year's BlizzCon. The question is... I wonder if this will continue to grow. One of the things that, I, and I hear this often in, in the game uh, industry, or when it comes to the, to the people, to the gamers, is that we have a, a fish, a, a gold, a, a goldfish mentality, where we get angry about something for about a day, and then we move on to the next thing we get angry about. Because this has a situation where it's dealing with China, it's dealing with. The international scene, but not just games, with a much bigger picture. It makes me wonder if we're gonna have people be more angry and be able to kind of keep going with the protests um, in a much more legitimate way versus you know protesting the game, which we spoke about this in the podcast, and kind of just keeping that up and you know and to support Hong Kong, but also to like you know hey like. Basically, basically, you know, go against companies who are taking China's money, and because China, uh, let, let's let's be real, like China is like the biggest country, one of the biggest countries in, in the in the world, and they got tons and tons of money, 
a lot of stuff we have here in the U.S. came from China. So you can already see that there's already implications regarding China's involvement with the U.S., but you're already seeing that China um, or the U.S. I want to can't live without China, but like they definitely um, doesn't mind or you know looks away from what China's doing because there's a lot of there's a lot of dark and and and, and um, evil stuff that's happening in China that people don't talk about as much. Um, and I suggest if you don't know, please look it up. <laughs> um, so my thoughts on all of this and everything that unfolded, I think that what Blitz did, I think that what he did was was fine like i think that he came in and, and even though he is even though he is saying to everybody that you know um he doesn't want to speak on it even though he did protest he did put a sign to protest it so he, he you know that kind of question but i think what blitz blitz did he was lucky to get money his money's back is he gonna come back to hearthstone i uh maybe maybe because he did say like you know he he made a living out of the game he loved to play so he kind of doesn't want that to go away, so it's that's gonna be a little awkward for, for for Blitz. Um, but like I think what he I think he came in to, he came in there to do what he did. He raised awareness. He's got a lot more people in the U.S. much more informed out now, or you know much more aware of what's happening in Hong Kong now. Ever more than more than uh, before. Um, he came away with with his, with his winning, so he's not completely you know no money's coming to him. Now he, he is getting them, and his suspension is reduced to six months. Um. And people will call him a coward, worker. People are going to call him out and hate him because he's not going to be this person that uh, is going to, you know, pursue Blizzard to uh, be this this person that you know that would uh, continue to fight against Blizzard and to against China. But he, it seems like he doesn't want to be a part of that. I think he just wants to take the safe route and let everybody else do it and let let him, you know, live his life. So I think what he did, you know, was was fine. I think that definitely he he got the message across, and it definitely has a huge effect uh, in the U.S. So, that's fine. I think that what Blizzard, when he put that statement out saying, you know, that they are about their core values and they uh, were not influenced by China, uh, I think it's, it's a lot of BS. I think that they, it was a very crafted statement they did put out, but I, I do not think that that was um, genuine. I think that they were just putting out something, anything, just to say, hey, we're sorry, don't hate us. Which... Uh, it's far gone. It's far gone at this point. I think that people have definitely have a different mindset to Blizzard right now. Um, and, you know, the question then becomes, like, you know, if BlizzCon happens and, like, you know, if they reveal, like, uh, Overwatch 2 or Diablo 4, will that mend the wounds? And I, personally, I don't think so. I really don't. But, again, gamers are fickle. <laughs> so, you know, if they may, like, say, like, we we like this we'll forgive you maybe but i personally no personally no i i do not like what blizzard is doing i do not like what the situation is so personally i don't i don't know i don't think blizzard to me right now i don't know what they would do to forgive me personally or you know to to say like you know we're sorry we're not about this it you know the the ignorant asshole in me wants to say like Blizzard, are you an American or not? Do you support freedom or not? Or are you a communist? I don't want to go that far and, be, and, and you know and start doing that. But the ignorant person in me was looking at, at all this, just kind of look from the outside. Like, you know, what, you know, Blizzard, 
are you are you about the U.S.? <laughs> are you about freedom? But or are you not? You know, so you know it's definitely brought on a lot of question, and it's not just me, but a lot of people and the devs within Blizzard. So I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of weeks, um, especially with BlizzCon coming up. Um, I think that this story is not over. I think that there's still a lot to uncover, um, and people have been questioning, and people have been wondering what's going on. And, man, I, uh, uh, yeah, Blizzard is definitely in a world of hurt right now. I don't know what they can do. Uh, it's, the only thing they can do, in my opinion, if they want to get back on good graces of everybody in the U.S., I would love to them to say that, Look, if at BlizzCon they say this, power to them. I like them to say, hey, look, we're sorry about what happened with Blitz. We uh, we respect our core values. We didn't, we're not influenced by China. We, with that being said, from here on out, anybody on our circuit that wants to make a political statement can. And... If you, yeah, something to that nature. <laughs> Basically, something to that nature. Basically, saying like, if you have something to to uh, to say that you want to support, say it on, say it, say it however you want and however you want to do it. Um, and I think that would help. I think that would help. I mean, like it would it would help. It would like say like, yes, yes, we are USA. Yes, we are American. Yes, we value everybody here. We're not taking China's money. Or maybe even saying like, hey, we're going to cut off our relations with China, which would be freaking fantastic. Because then like, okay, we're, we're going we're gonna to do this. We're going to make sure that, you know, hey, we are much more appreciated in the U.S. And that the money that we can get from China, we can get here. And it may, that may not be true, but it helps. It helps for them to come out and say something. Let's say into that nature. Will they do that? No. <laughs> I don't think they will. I think that uh, what I what people need to realize when it comes to these game companies, and especially with uh, the platform holders, Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo, they are not there to be your friend. They seem to be your friend. They seem to be somebody who wants to help you Get more games, you know, make it easier for you to uh, have more uh, of a, uh, have more options to play said game. But in reality, they're not there to be your friend. They're there to take your money. It's always been about the money. It's always has been about the money. They're just trying to be your friend or trying to give you perks so that you can stay on a platform or to buy more games from said company. And that's one thing we have to remind ourselves when it comes to, you know, being a fan of, of, of a game series, of a dev, of, of, of a game company said, it's cool that they're making games. It's cool that the platform is being very supportive. But at the end of the day, these game companies are out here for your money. And that's what Blizzard wants. And if it means getting money from China because they have a huge market and tap into that, then yes, they will do that. They will absolutely do that. They will go out, there, out of their way to get more money because... Your company, you need money to succeed and to live. So, 
yeah. Basically that. <laughs> so, reminder, keep that in mind. By the time of this recording, it is Sunday night. It is about 9 p.m. Um, for those who don't know, Epic Games um, did, did an event with Fortnite. Um, where basically the, uh, the, the island, the map has been destroyed, uh, sucked into a black hole, um, and is now just a black hole on a screen that's been on in the game for the past seven, 11 hours. And people are streaming it to the point where there are millions upon millions of people who are watching this right now, which is insane to me. But before I really get into it, uh... Let me just go over the details here. And as soon as I do this, haha. So, uh, this is reported out of Forbes.com, written by Paul Tassi. Fortnite just blew up the map, and the entire game is now just a black hole. Never try and guess what's ha- is going to happen in a Fortnite live event, because you will almost certainly be wrong. Today's Fortnite event, titled The End, certainly lived up to its name. It started with a rocket launch, and then progressed to the entire game blinking out of existence, at least for now. So, what exactly happened? There was a sequence of events I and millions of others Fortnite players just witnessed through a few million were locked out of the event by server issues in its final moments. First, the countdown hit zero, and then the new d- dusty div- rocket built by the visitor launched into the air. Yet again, it went to another portal in the sky, and then it came out of one but then it was just not one rocket presumably it was as some sort of multiverse thing there were loads of rockets that started pouring out of various rifts uh, they all went ran locations around the map blinking in and out of rifts finally they all set in one spot right in front of the suspended in time meteor it created huge uber lift and then the meteor went into it then the meteor came out Flanked by a few rockets, the, the rockets split a split and hit various points around the map, and the meter pressed hard into the zero point force field at Loot Lake. And then everything went to hell. Everything was flung into the air, uh, but completely off the map. After hanging there for a bit, we're all sucked into a vortex map, including and then the uh, map included, and then the entire game blinked out of existence. All we left now is the this black hole. So, it's pretty insane. I mean, you see the video behind me. What, what really... So, here's the thing. If you've seen games as a live as a service do certain things that is somewhat like an event. Like, somewhat a, um, a live thing. But the thing about it is... We have never seen anything like this in any live service game like the Fortnite is continuously to always to be updated live and it's always continuously to be um uh, you know putting the content on a weekly basis uh and it's always live with new content and things that can happen anytime can and with this essentially um the interesting thing about this is that with this event with Fortnite it it's doing something that not many games can pull off. And I, you know, I always knew Fortnite was big. I did not realize when this event started and were left on a, with a black hole screen for all today that I looked, uh, Slasher put it out, the tweet out there, but like literally there were, I want to say 
2 million people watching live on YouTube and then 1.7, 1.3 on Twitch and a one something, 1 million or something, something larger on Twitter. Like this, after seeing those stats and after seeing how everybody is streaming it and how much attention this game is getting, um, Fortnite's the king of, of games right now in terms of live service. They are the king of live service games and my god this if they can command that big of an audience holy shit uh it's no wonder the the biggest the biggest game in town and they're making so much success and this event is definitely new to a lot of people and, and definitely new to a lot of gamers and i i want to take note the game industry as well um so now in there's been several things that has happened in the past couple hours since the time is recording i am and I'm somebody who never plays Fortnite. I never did. Like, I actually got the game long ago when it first launched, um, but I just never got into it or never played it. Most of my type of deal. But just watching just kind of what other streamers are talking about, what other people have been decoding has been very interesting. It's been very um, just fascinating to see what's happening. In the, in the, when, when, as you see behind me, as the screen went black and a black hole appeared. Every so often, there will be numbers that would pop up around the black hole. And people have decoded this into um, actual words that were, I guess, uh, you can match up to the voice clips or voice tapes. Um, which they were talking about, I, again, not a Fortnite person, so I would not know exactly. But after the, the numbers that were decoded, here was the actual message that was relayed. The message was, I was not alone. Others were, others were outside the loop. This was not calculated. Zero point is now in uh, inevitable, in, You know the thing that Thor said. I I cannot pronounce words. Um, so, which is interesting. And uh, as far as like my theories or my thought on it, I do not know honestly. Um, my and what I've been hearing is that it's going to launch on Tuesday or Thursday of next week or this week. Um, Regardless of what, what what Epic does, um, this is an ingenious way to really uh, is an ingenious way to to really um, basically get people hyped for the for the next game that Epic is doing for Fortnite to uh, basically you know put a hey here's something to look at while we work on the servers and work on the game to get everything ready for the launch, and you know that is. Very interesting. I think that what they're doing is it's, uh, it's better than just taking the game down and then putting it back up. Um, it keeps people active. It keeps them more intrigued. Like it gets them really talking. And as you, as people have seen in the past 24 hours, you have streamers who are dedicating themselves to stream this entire thing, which could range from 80,000 to 300,000 people watching at one time. Um, just trying to grab snippets of information. Just everybody does not know what what's going on. Like people are predicting what's going to happen for Fortnite. It's it is quite literally insane, and it's something I've never I've seen hype. I've seen like people will get excited for games. This is on a whole new level. I would not think because Fortnite is such a huge game, and it's not also just gaming in, uh, in general, but like in the mainstream as well. This is definitely something huge, and it's it's cool. It's cool to be a part of it. As somebody who doesn't play Fortnite, this is a really cool thing. Um, as far as like what's going to happen, I don't know. Um, I think that when it does come back, they're going to make twice, three times the amount of money they were making the first time around. 
And yeah, like it's, they're going to make a ton of money. <laughs> they're essentially going to make a ton of money again because of what they're doing. And uh, it's a really cool event. It's something that I would love to see in other games. I think that I hope that I hope in the future game companies and game in the game industry can take note. Like, hey, here's something, here is how you do live service games in terms of creating <gasps> creating hype, able to, you know, get people talking and able to, you know, get excited for the next thing they're doing. And if you have some event like this where, you know, you just have a screen or something happens, but you're all you're doing is prepping the game for the future update and, and, and have it ready for launch, then that's awesome. This is this is what this is what live uh, live service games should do. So it's incredible. It's been very fascinating. There's been so many theories been thrown out there. There's been so many things that have been um, just thrown out there. Like you know, is Ninja up to something? Like is he? Because he like he tweeted not too long ago, like a, an audio clip just said just tacos, which. People are saying Taco Tuesday. Does that mean that game is launching Tuesday? Like it's crazy. It is a people are thirsty as hell for information about this. So by the time this video goes up, it might be ready to be out. But it is insane. I've never seen anything like this, and I think it's a really cool thing to see and be a part of. So yeah, for those who are wondering what's gonna happen with Fortnite, what what moves the needle? Like they're gonna do something, and um. It's going to be coming back. It's going to make tons of money, and whatever Epic is going to do, they're going to make. It's going to be cool. I think it's going to be pretty awesome. So yeah, it's it's a real cool thing. I really enjoy what's going on. It's just very fascinating how they're approaching everything. So. other things happening around the week for the gaming industry news uh one of the things i do wanted to discuss for this next one is the ps5 details and how that has ensued so um let me go ahead and get the article uh, this was posted actually on sony's website as i moved just this, this year um so uh an update to on uh, next gen playstation 5 launches holiday 2020 uh, this, again, this is posted by Jim Ryan, President and CEO of SIE. Since we originally unveiled our next generation console in April, we know that there's been a lot of excitement and interest in hearing more about the future of games we'll bring. Today, I'm proud to share that our next generation console will be called PlayStation 5 and will be launching in time for the holiday 2020. These, uh, these updates may not be huge surprises, but we wanted to confirm them for our PlayStation fans as we start to reveal more additional details about our version of the next generation. Wire Magazine covered these updates and more in the story that posted this morning. The more refers to something that I'm quite excited about, a preview of the new controller that will ship with PlayStation 5. One of our goals in the next generation is to deepen the feeling of immersion when you play games, and we had the opportunity with our new controller to reimagine how the sense of touch can add to the immer to that immersion. To that end, there are two key innovations with the, with, the, with the PlayStation 5's new controller. First, we're adopting a haptic feedback to replace the rumble technology found in controllers since the fifth generation of consoles. 
With haptics, you truly feel a broader range of feedback. So crashing into a wall in a race car feels much different than making a tackle on a football field. You can even get a sense of a, a, uh, for a variety of textures when running through fields of grass and, or plodding through mud. The second innovation is something we call adaptive triggers, which can be incorporated into the trigger buttons L2 R2. Developers can, can program the resistance of the triggers so they can feel the tactile sensation of drawing a bow, a bow and arrow, or accelerating an off-road vehicle through a rocky terrain. In combination with the haptics, they, this can provide a powerful experience that better simulates various actions game uh, creators that have received early uh, early versions of the new controller and we can't wait to see what their imagination goes with the new features at their disposal. While there's much more to share about PlayStation 5 in the year ahead, we have plenty of blockbuster experiences coming your way to PS4 including Death Stranding, Last of Us Part 2, and Ghost of Tsushima. So, okay, there's been a lot of talk about PlayStation 5, um, now that we have an actual release window and when it's coming out. So, holiday of, 20, of 2020 next year, which is funny because it's almost the same time or uh, same time frame as the next Xbox console. Now, that's obviously, was that planned? I'm pretty sure it wasn't, but partially believes that maybe they are. Um... And the things they've been talking about with this new PlayStation Five that they're they're looking into when you load when you play a game there will be no load times. They're using the uh, using a SSD hard drive um, for their new console, um, and uh, on top of that, uh, you know they were touting like you will no longer have to worry about uh, load times when you play a game, which. If that is true, if we are going to get games where there's no longer load times, then you are consistently in that world and immersed in it. Then you're consistently getting into a a very different mindset when it comes to game devs and, and designing around around that. Because you know, for the longest time, we had you know every game, every other game that you would play to be a, a level that is loaded. You know, it's, you know, hey, we got to load this next level for you or we got to load this next scene for you so you continue on with the game. And there has been open world games where, you know, there was no loading, obviously. But there are definitely things to consider when it comes to that change. Like, if you have a game, that, if you're a game dev and you have to now create games that are much more open world or much more active, that's going to change the dynamic of future games when it comes to the PS5. Um, which would make things interesting because if that's the case, it might become it might be a split between game devs when it comes to making games for the PS5 versus making games for PC, Xbox, and so on. So you're splintering off a game. I feel like if, if at that point, like you're better off just making a game for the PS5 if you're going that route. And then maybe soon afterwards, if it's if you can, like port it to the other consoles and other uh, on the PC at some point. It's it's an interesting thing that they're touting, and it's you know as a consumer, like that's cool. As a dev, I kind of wonder, like, is that? Hmm, I'm kind of curious about that. I'm also kind of worried. It's like you know, what is that going to look like for for the dev? You know, definitely it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. One of the things they also talked about is the controller. Um, which they have been touting that, you know, now has HD rumble with the audio, which 
you know, if you played the Nintendo Switch, same thing. Or or you know, HD, um, you know, Rumble would make you feel like, hey, if you hit by this, you feel this. But like, if you use it to, you know, uh, as like on a Switch where you can move around the controllers to feel that, uh, to feel that, um, the the ice clank in the in the in the cup. Um, like it's okay, cool. You know, hey, whatever. Um, honestly, it's, it's you know, it's whatever. It may, if you make it helps make it more immersion, then sure, why not? Um, and then you know, obviously they're just like saying like you know, we're the best graphics uh, on the market. And then Microsoft kind of went out there not sure afterwards, like oh, actually we had the better graphics because they can. Uh, and Microsoft has been good on that. Um, it's still going to be high up there, but uh, yeah, that and just. You know, they're also um, getting ready for their own streaming servers or maybe revamping that. They did really di- recently discounted the um, PS Now uh, $10 cheaper. Um, and, uh, you know, there are definitely some ideas and, and plans on what they want to do with that. Um, and honestly, like when it comes to the PS5, when it comes to Sony, like just think about this generation. I mean, like. It, this whole generation started with, you know, a big flop from Microsoft. Like, you know, the, the way that they started off at that press conference, saying, talking about the Xbox, uh, Xbox One, and what was gonna, what changes or what things they want to want to force upon people. Um, Don Matrick like just did a horrible job with it, and really butchering not only the brand, but also the. Uh, you know, Microsoft as well. Like it took them a very long time to really repair their image, and um, it definitely, it definitely, it definitely is a thing where you know it's um, they. Uh, it, it took them a while to repair the image and to work on a lot of things to kind of shooting for the moon when it comes to hey, we should definitely do more consumer uh, friendly stuff to garner people's opinion about us and you know tell people that the xbox one is the best platform on the planet uh game pass was a huge thing that they did and it's something that definitely that you know helped them along um you know the things that uh i want to say for her but it's not his name um the the head of xbox is doing right now that has been out there that has been talking to people that has been uh you know, talking about the X Cloud, talking about you know the new stuff that's coming to Microsoft and the things that they've been working on, they definitely have changed changed it around, and it took them a while to do so. And um, you know, in this generation, it's going to be the story that how Sony basically walked on stage and then made a few jabs at Microsoft and won the, the console wars per se in this generation against Microsoft. Microsoft shot themselves in the foot. And that was kind of the whole thing for this generation. And PlayStation went in and basically said, like, hey, we're going to support the players. We're going to have, you know, consumer-friendly features. We're going to have exclusives on our our console. That's going to be badass. And for for all it's worth, like, PlayStation has a great lineup of exclusives on on their console. It's what sells the PS4 for the most part. And, um... It's been, it's been, that's been the story for this generation. So what, what's, what has happened over time, honestly, when it comes to now we're getting to the next generation consoles, the landscape is now, Sony has become much more arrogant. They've been the last ones to finally accept crossplay when it comes to the other consoles. 
Um, they have been, you know, always they've been, they've been against it. Like they've been saying, like you could play PlayStation Four, and the, the great people are on there. You don't need crossplay, essentially. Um, you know, they've been the last ones to tout that or to, to do it, and they finally just did it recently. Um, there's a lot of changes within PlayStation uh, corporates that is happening at, at at this moment. Sean Ladian recently just left Sony um, without no other than a tweet from Sony that had no tag of him, doesn't tag him in a tweet, mentions him, says, you know, best of luck, but just not in the traditional Sony way that they would, you know, have uh, good wishes or you know anything of that nature to anybody who leaves Sony uh, on a good note, um, and he hasn't spoken anything about it as well. So there's been there's only rumors and you know just kind of wondering like what's happening in Sony. So Sony's in a weird place, but they're definitely set up as the bad guy right now. Like they're they're definitely they're definitely right now set up as as the company that people don't like. And that Microsoft is is the company that everybody should like and everybody should go for. And um, Microsoft, I feel like this is this is what Microsoft have been has been leading up to. And Microsoft will say and they will say like you know, hey, we don't we don't think about the numbers. We don't think about you know anything about the console wars or anything. They're just there to provide you know for their customers, which to a degree, yes, absolutely they are, but. My thing is, I think they still care to some degree. I think that, you know, as I said in the previous video, you guys, you think of it as a company. These game companies will can be your friends as much as you may think, but the, the bottom line, the bottom dollar, is that they're all there for your money, no matter what. <laughs> Otherwise, how is this company going to operate? <laughs> so, that's the thing. I'm, I'm that's the thing that I, 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 you have to remember, but I have to remember as well. So with that being being said, this is definitely a let up for Microsoft to prepare themselves to possibly overtake Sony in this next generation of consoles. Now, the thing is though is interesting is like I think honestly, and I've been saying this on this podcast, I think Microsoft's endgame, true endgame, is the Game Pass. I think that Game Pass for them is actually what's gonna make much more money than the consoles themselves or the ex exclusives themselves. I think that's going to be a big thing. Um, put in on, on as many uh, consoles or as many things as possible. I still believe that the Game Pass will come to the Switch. I think it will still happen in the future. Um, and I think it's going to be definitely to be something that, that you know, was waiting to see, but I do believe that's going to happen. Um, you know, having it on, you know, Maybe eventually on Android. Correct me if I'm wrong on that one uh, in the comments, uh, and possibly other you know iPhone, um, iPad, and so on. Like I think that that's the end goal for Microsoft. That that that's be, they've been touting Game Pass for so long that I feel like that's what their true thing is going for. Yes, they're still going to put out put out consoles, but is it going to be a big jump from Xbox One uh, Xbox One X? Uh, to the biggest whatever thing they're gonna do, Project Scarlet. Like I, at this moment in time, I think Microsoft is doing what, um, you know. I think that they're definitely just focusing on just upgrading their consoles, not majorly, but just slightly upgrading it over time, and that's the way they're gonna do things from now on. 
almost like a phone. Like, you know, like you get a phone and you upgrade it to the next one when eventually when it dies out or when it comes to the next one. So that, I believe, is Microsoft's plan. And I think that this is they've been setting themselves up to get ready to overtake Sony in this uh, in this next generation of consoles. Um, as much as they don't want to say it, but I think that's the, truly what they're trying to do. As far as Sony goes back, you know, going back to them, um, I've been hearing there was some there was a quote I did read on this podcast regarding in the Wired magazine saying that it's the price is going to be um, the price is going to be at, at a good range despite what's uh, what's inside the, the PS5. Um, and I'm paraphrasing there, but it's essentially what they were saying in the Wired magazine. And you know that that you know I talked about it on the podcast, and I that got me worried because like it, it, it says basically that we have expensive stuff on our ps5 the price for it's going to be cheap for for what's inside it which means it could mean that the ps5 might be 500 600 the last time this this happened was with the launch of the ps3 the ps3 started out with i want to say 600 dollars maybe maybe it was 500 but that's on top of the controllers not on top of maybe like one or two games and it was too high it was too high the price was too high and that really hurt sony and microsoft came in and came with a cheaper cheaper box um had a bunch of third-party support and able to really latch onto that and take it on take it for that generation of uh, consoles so it seems like sony might be making the same mistake again um we have to wait and see exactly how that works out but if Sony makes the same mistake again, then we're going to see this this whip the the swing of power per se when it comes between Microsoft and Sony back to Microsoft's court. The question is, can Microsoft keep that up? Can they keep what they've been doing for the past couple of years onto this next generation of consoles? Um, if they can, that that's great, that's awesome. But if they become that arrogant Microsoft that we saw back you know with xbox one beginning with don matrick it's going to alienate the, the people and it's going to go back to playstation if PlayStation decides to do anything or just to nintendo nintendo because nintendo's been killing it with the switch anything they make or anything they put out has just been widely loved so it's going to be interesting to see what happens in this next year but 2020 is going to be huge we're getting a ton of games that people are waiting for and excited for uh, on top of the new consoles coming out holiday of next year so it's going to be interesting to see as far as like uh, the other big thing to me cloud streaming and that's going to be another big thing you know microsoft doing x cloud and having the having the cloud gaming with uh, microsoft and just um having a bunch of servers that have set up for people to play games in, in the possible future um could be interesting it's the same thing almost as google stadia um in terms of like you know in america like if you have a, if you're if you're in america there's data caps and that's going to be an issue and when it comes to stream to streaming games especially high qualities so like it's going to be interesting how microsoft approaches that um i believe they say you can download those games but not don't call me on that exactly uh, but cloud streaming is going to be the future of gaming and whether we like it or not, it's going to be the way it is. And, um, you know, data caps be damned. Like, it's going to be definitely something that uh, Sony and Microsoft are definitely looking at and are aiming for. Um, so, it's... Crossplay will happen. 
it will i mean i hope it continues to happen i hope it, that that you know that is the next generation of the new consoles will have that um and it's gonna be huge uh hopefully you know that involves into cross saves as well or cross progression um but we have to wait and see like i honestly feel that sony is in a situation where if they do not deliver um next year that they're gonna fall behind microsoft and microsoft's gonna take that opportunity so that's what i think honestly ps5 i i i don't know what to really want in a new console from sony i really don't at you the, the the consoles are all the same at this point except for switch um i honestly don't feel like there's much you can you can do to really get me excited for our ps5 like it's you know graphics are better okay new controller sure we're at a point where like they're they're all the same like there was not much of a difference between the ps4 and xbox one and then next Xbox One X and PS4 Pro. Like, it's all the same thing. It's just a much higher fidelity. Um, I mean, oh, I, I could say the PS5 will have 4K natively, finally. Um, 4, 4K isn't... Uh, well, I remember, I remember seeing reading that 4K is not in the PS4 at the moment. It kind of is, but it's not. But the PS5 does true have true native uh, 4K. 4K Blu-ray uh, player, I want to say. Um... But yeah, like I, I like I don't know what I want out of PS5, honestly. Like you know, graphics are better, sure, but like I don't know what I don't know what you would do at this point. It's it's all about the games, which it should be. It's all about the games, and those has been. But you know, at this point, like you, I unless there's some cool features that I would like to find out about the PS5. Um, like I, it has to be something that um. That really has a blow, blows my mind, but like at this point, like it's, little wrinkles here and there aren't gonna make the biggest deals. Uh, it's it's basically gonna become, you know, and especially with crossplay, like it's P, Sony has to have something that would definitely get people on their on their side, and or to, to buy the, the console. And I, the one thing I can think of this is exclusives. That's the only thing I can think of, because they have good ones in the in the PS4 era. Can they have good ones in the PS5? From what, it, what they've shown this past generation, yes, absolutely. But that's about it. That's about it. <laughs> so I don't know. I do not know what the future holds, but like it's going to be interesting to see how exactly it's going to be. But want to share my thoughts on the PS5 and coming out next year. Next year is going to be huge for the game industry. Consoles, new games, it's going to be a big, big year for everybody. So with that being said, thank you for watching, everybody. We'll see you guys next time.